straight from the boardroom to the microphone. I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. I'm super pumped about my guest today. Um, we have uh, known each other probably about a, about a year and a half ago. Um, he's mm-hmm. a leader in his industry. He's an inspiration to many. Um, I'm lucky enough to call him a friend. We had another nickname last week. I don't remember what it was. What was uh, that? It, it was something. We had like a symbol too. Yeah, it was like a Bessie's twinsies because we, <laughs> we kept thinking about the same, the same topics during our mastermind meetings. There we go. So besties twinsies. There it is. Okay. Um, um, Armando Lanuti is the president of Creative Works, where they create powerful emotions and memories through immersive attractions for the location-based entertainment industry. We'll put the link in um, both the, uh, the website and the Facebook Live, but you can find them at thewowaffect.com. We're going to give specifics on exactly where you can find Armando and his business. But for now, thank you so much for joining us today, Armando. Oh, thank you so much for having me, April. I, I appreciate it. I, I love what you're doing with this, uh, you know, each day. Um, there's so much unknown going on right now, um, just out in the world and things are changing so fast that um, we need information and we need uh, help and guidance from every point of view we can get. So, you know, I appreciate you offering this out there to the, to the business community and, and at large. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell us about, tell us about your business. Tell us about what you guys do, who you do it for, and then maybe start talking about some of the changes that have happened. Yeah. So um, at Creative Works, we, uh, as you did with our intro, you know, we create emotions and memories through immersive attractions. Um, what that means is that we work with family entertainment venues, um, hotels, casinos, theme parks, museums, you know, everything from your individual mom and pop that has a laser tag or a bowling alley up to large um, franchises and chains like Urban Air and Main Event. Mm. Um, And we build those attractions. So laser tag, mini golf, escape rooms, virtual reality, um, all those fun things that allow people to, in a typical world, go and interact, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we typically talk about the fact that in those venues, People aren't typically going there for laser tag. Specifically, they're going there as part of that social escapism um, mm-hmm. or to celebrate, right? It's typically one of the others, the reason somebody goes to one of our clients' venues. Um, they're escaping what's going on in their everyday life or they're celebrating, you know, a birthday, a milestone, stuff with their kids, grades, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, so we're creating these things. We've got an awesome team of talented artists that, you know, we do everything from the design through engineering and all the way to fabrication and installation. Um, and it's, it's a pretty phenomenal business. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, our business is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, what are the things that we have to deal with right now? Well, right now, all of our businesses are shut down, mm-hmm. right? So that's been one of the first things that we started to see weeks ago or a month or so ago was that outside of the U.S., we were seeing our types of clients shut down. You know, we work both domestically and internationally. We were seeing them start to get shut down. Um, and we started ex- 
kind of look at these leading indicators to what was going to happen here. Sure. Uh, and then obviously, as we've all experienced, you, you're not going to go to a bowling alley right now or movie theater, uh, a laser tag facility, because they are at the moment all in shelter orders and, and closed down because of limits the number of people trying to prevent exposure, you know, trying to protect their own teams and whatever the case may be. Um, so that's really affected our industry as a whole, you know, at large. Uh, and then for a supplier of that industry like us, obviously that's affecting us. You know, the projects that were already in queue, a lot of them are having to be delayed, right? They can't open right now. Uh, they can't even finish their construction right now because the construction crews, the contractors, um, they're delayed. Um, the government facilities that would normally provide them things like building permits or uh, their inspections and all those kinds of things that they might need are all closed down. Um, you know, and, and so they're being affected by this, you know, even if they, we can't show up even if we wanted to, right. Mm -hmm. And it, it'd be irresponsible for us to show up with our team and put them at risk and continue to put them on the road again, even if we wanted to and could, that's just not the right decision right now. So it's, it's dramatically impacted our business right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what the outlook will be in the, in the future. So how, how, how does one cope with that? So being, uh, you Ooh. know, you've got <laughs> design and fabrication. And uh, I think with the third one was installation. If, if every yep. aspect of your business has been touched, not only your business, but the industry you're in. So it sounds like yeah. the industry needs to move ahead for your business to, you know, be, be functioning um, in that time. How, how are you guys doing it, Armando? Um, we're, we're taking it one day at a time. Um, I think it was, uh, last, last week I posted on my own, um, social media, um, and, and you, you guys yesterday on your, on your, uh, live kind of talked about this as well. Um, and frozen too, or like Pobby is like, uh, you know, when, when you don't know what the future is, you just do the next right thing. And I think that's what we're trying to do right now, right? To, to quote Frozen 2 of all things, I've got three boys, seven and under for those that don't know. So we, we're watching a lot of Disney right now. Um, but we don't know what the future holds realistically a week or two from now, let alone being able to plan 30, 60, 90 days out, being able to plan you know, a year out like you mm -hmm. could in a much more stable time, which is really weird because that was a month ago, mm -hmm. right? I mean, a month ago, we had seven or eight job postings that we couldn't fill for the life of us. Like we, we, could, we were struggling to find talented and qualified people that, to join our team that had the, the same niche skills that we needed for what our industry is. And then, you know, a month later, and we're down almost 60% of our team members, Wow, um, which is astonishing. It's something that we would have never been able to plan for, could have ever expected. Um, and so as that, as things kind of started to unfold, we took it, um, kind of proactive measures. We started moving everybody that was in that design, in that engineering, project management, sales, marketing, all the desk jobs, so to speak. And we tried to move them all remote. Mm -hmm. um, so we spent a, a week or so making sure our infrastructure was able to handle that. Um, file structure, bandwidth, mm -hmm. people at home who don't normally work from home, making sure we sent our guys to get them set up with the equipment that they needed. Um, and they started kind of going down that path and they've been able to continue to work, um, which has been great. And um, to be honest, right before we, we 
kind of ran into this brick wall, so to speak, we were behind on a lot of work because we were so busy. Mm. So on their plate, it actually is providing them a little bit of relief because it's giving them the time to get caught up and the time to even get ahead so that, you know, when we can start producing, we're able to get things out the door as quickly as we can again. Um, on the production side, that's been a lot harder, right? Because we had a certain portion of our crew that was affected first because they travel. Like their primary job is to go from Indiana, where we're located, to all over the country, all over the world, and spend a week installing whatever the attraction is. Um, and that part of our business obviously stopped very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then we got a stay at home order, um, about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, uh, here in Indiana. So, and we're not considered essential obviously. So from that standpoint, you know, all of our production staff that, you know, they're craftsmen, their, their lifeblood is getting their hands on the wood, the foam, you know, the paint guns, whatever the case may be, and using their amazing skills to create awesome environments. That's, that's gone right now. We can't, I mean, legally, we can't have them in, you know, doing the everyday production work. Uh, and so that affected a, another large portion of our team. And um, when it first happened, it was really hard. It was probably by far the hardest thing we've ever had to do um, as a company. Definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to do as an individual. Um, but we tried to handle it with everybody's best interest in in mind as well as we could given the situation. So, you know, from our standpoint, it was about putting together packets for them, right? And hey, here's here's a letter from us about what's going on. Here's how you can sign up for unemployment. Here's other places that are hiring. Here's food and other relief programs that are here locally and nationally. Um, Here's a letter of recommendation that you'll get, you know, or I'm sorry, we were like, hey, we'll provide that letter of recommendation. Um, you know, with your last paycheck. So you have that for finding other jobs and, and whatnot, if you can. Now, our goal is we tried to furlough a large portion of those people so that mm-hmm. they can also carry their, their benefits. We were unfortunately not able to do that for everybody, but that way they have those benefits and we have that ability to try and, you know, bring them back as soon as possible, as soon as the stay at home lifts and, and we're able to start production again. Yeah. I think that that fantastic, um, great information. And that packet that you mentioned is really, really important. So for those who are listening um, that are in the, in the very tough position that Armando um, and his company has been in, providing something, doing your best to still guide them on, okay, here's the next available options to you. Here's the best way for us to support you through this. Because um, depending on the industry, depending on the business, your hands really are tied. Um, So you can't continue as usual, but this is an opportunity to step up and say, okay, how can I still support my team? And and what a great way to do it, giving them something, okay, here's the guidance and offering for letters of recommendation. Should they be able to find employment during this time that is essential or in another, mm-hmm. another industry. Um, that's a really great point. Well, and it's just realizing that, look, none of them did anything wrong, right? None mm-hmm. of us did from a business owner, from the people that, that are still a part of the company to the people that, you know, had to be furloughed or, or laid off. They didn't do anything wrong. And that's the hardest part about this is that they're in this situation through no fault of their own. The business is in this situation through no fault of its own and it's just one of those things where when all of a sudden your income, just like your, um, your guy from yesterday, I can't remember mm-hmm. what his name was, it, AJ, 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 AJ mm-hmm. is 
you know, your income literally went from what you would normally expect to almost nothing overnight. Mm -hmm. And even when you are well positioned with cash and loan reserves, when, you know, in our case, for the size team that we had, you know, our our burn rate was $200,000 a payroll. Um, You know, it doesn't take long to burn through that when we don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. Sure. Right. You know, it went from a month ago to, hey, this is barely going to affect anybody. This is just the flu, you know, from a public standpoint, an acknowledgement standpoint to, Mm -hmm. okay, everybody's got to start staying at home and look at how this is really affecting everybody. And it is so much more than that now. Right. And we don't know when the stay at home orders are going to end. We don't know when you're going to be able to, you know, our clients are going to necessarily be able to open their doors up again. It'll happen. Mm -hmm. We need to plan for that happening and we need to be positive and proactive about it. But we just don't know when. It's, it's, it's the matter of, of when. And that's the part that makes it really hard right now for, I think, any business owner that's affected by this. Yeah. And I think a lot of business owners, this, the struggle that we have to acknowledge is that several business owners are walking this line, uh, this fine line of um, we want to ke- continue to progress our business. We want to keep the doors open. We want to keep as many people employed as possible, but we also want to be responsible. We need to be yep. socially responsible. And you're walking this fine line. And and what was socially responsible three weeks ago, to your point, is now changed today. So, yeah. you know, the person we had on yesterday was um, talking about, well, I now supply masks to my staff and I'm doing, he was doing a whole host of things because he wants to continue the business if possible. He's following all the guidelines and he's being very responsible. But he said, I, I'm walking this fine line. And we are, right? We're walking this fine line of we need the business to continue. We want the business to continue. We employ people that we absolutely love and we want to help them continue with their careers as well. But you're, you want to make sure that you're, and it's a constant pivot, right? Because again, yes. what was okay two weeks ago, and I, I remember a chat with you and another uh, manufacturer that I work with, where you guys were kind of going back and forth on what does your production schedule look like? How are you pivoting? Um, and what was, what was valid or relevant three weeks ago when that conversation was happening is no longer relevant today. I mean, it's changed so quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's been the most surreal portion of all of this is just the speed in which our reality has changed. Yeah. Right. You know, it went from, Hey, we'll just have to pull the guys off the road for a little bit Mm -hmm. to, you know, we'll use this time to get caught up to, you know, literally three days later, Oh my gosh, we've got to let people go. And then four days after that, Oh my gosh, we're now sheltered in place. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it accelerated and, um, I mean, it was something that uh, the behind the scenes, you know, that the team doesn't always get to see. And we tried to communicate this afterwards, but was, you know, our, our leadership team was trying to figure out the way to navigate this for a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And then, and it was literally, we were having meetings on an every day, every other day basis, you know, sometimes for hours long each night trying to figure out what changed during the day right? What new news got brought out by the, the national media, the national government, uh, or sorry, federal government, the state government, um, local municipalities were all different a, a little bit around here in Indiana. And then because we do about 95% of our business outside of Indiana, it was about understanding what was happening in other parts of the country as well, right? So we, when we decided to stop our traveling, for example, where our world had already changed and I didn't want to put at risk, you know, Hey, we had five guys that were about to get on a flight to go to Houston and work for a week. You know, from my standpoint, the, the business owner standpoint, my concern was, 
well, what happens if one of those five guys happens to catch it and get ill? Well, at that point, they were just working shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. trying to get this project ready. I've got to assume that they are um, now potentially, you know, have caught it as well. And I've now isolated five guys for 14 days in quarantine in a state thousands of miles away from their family. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, that was where we made decisions probably a little bit earlier than, than others might have had to. For sure. Because we had to start thinking of it from that standpoint. To then we had at the same time where we chose to stop traveling, we had a client who was in another state who had not been affected yet. They were livid that mm-hmm. we weren't showing up with their product. Yeah. They were just like, how dare you not show up? Like, I mean, all these threats and these things were like, let's just, it may not have hit your radar yet. Yeah. Right. You know, we, we felt like we were maybe a week or week and a half ahead of the national narrative, mm-hmm. but you know, and they've since apologized and they get it because it has caught up. Like reality has caught up, but that's how fast things have been changing where, you know, we were having to make decisions so rapid fire and, and deal with new, you know, new rules almost every day. Like we've talked a little bit about liking, um, you know, the author Simon Sinek and some of his Mm -hmm. books, like the infinite game, this is it this is right it. now, right? This is, totally. this is exactly <laughs> it is you must have existential flexibility right now. Yes. And, and that is the, the key piece. It's literally your existence as a business, as a company mm-hmm. is in jeopardy. If you're not willing to make changes fast enough and if you're not willing to pivot and be agile in mm-hmm. the changing conditions, you risk losing everything. It, and know. that was the hard part. Right. That's, that's one of the things we talked about is that we can't necessarily look at the doors that have closed because there are doors and whether that's revenue doors, that's client doors, there are doors that have closed. <clears throat> we can't expect to continue to do business the exact same way we did a month ago. Cause yep. it's, and I, and I want to uh, ask a question about your earlier point, but sure. um, I think that it's, it's really important because people are like, okay, well, head down, helmet on, I'm just going to keep focusing, moving ahead, which is important. But don't blindly move ahead. So use, a, um, I think it's a Stephen Covey uh, concept. Go ahead and climb that ladder, but make sure that ladder is against the right wall because yeah. walls changed. And so you have to keep climbing the ladder, but think about it. It can't be like, well, you know, we had this marketing strategy and we're just going to double down on the marketing strategy. Well, wait a second. Let's make sure that we need that that message is still relevant or the product we're about to release is still relevant. So think about if there is another opportunity that you should be exploring right now. And if you need to pivot your business, don't just do more of the same thing because the game has changed. To uh, uh, one of my clients' point, um, Eric Miller, he's the first person um, actually that we had on Pivot Me Live. He said, I'm playing the game, but the game keeps changing. Like, I think I'm running down the board, headed to boardwalk. Like, I'm, I'm killing it in Monopoly. And he's like, and suddenly it's sorry. Or I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, Eric. But yeah. um, the game keeps changing. And so be aware of the efforts that you're making. We have to st- consistently show up um, and be cognizant that people are dealing with a lot of different things. And we have to meet people, both our clients and our team, where they are. But um, be, be, be aware that we can't always just do things the way we did a month ago because the game has changed. Are you struggling to stay focused? Still need to get things checked off that to-do list, but finding it harder than ever. Be productive, be effective, and perform at your best. Even though the world has changed, this is still a great time to get work done. In my new digital course, Multiply Me, 
I'm going to show you how to be laser focused and wildly effective. You will learn how to get three times as much done, but in less hours a day, even now. You can literally multiply your output. You can master a productivity tool today that will give you a high performance advantage in any season. Leverage this window to take back your time so you can enjoy the life you've earned. Join us at pivot-me.com and be notified as soon as Multiply Me launches. We definitely have to find new ways to improve, new ways to um, you know, reach different markets, uh, to adjust our products in different ways if we can, and to realize that um, even beyond the health crisis, there are going to be economic impacts as well, right, mm-hmm. to everything that's going on. I think there can be there's going to be a lot of negative in the short term, mm-hmm. you know, with some of the stimulus that's happening. I think sure. that, you know, there will be some rebound. But mm-hmm. again, we just don't know because yeah. we don't know how long it's going to last, right? They're, the, the government is writing checks mm-hmm. that they're making presumptions of how long we're going to deal with this. And they just don't know. They don't they, know. They have, they have no clue. And, and people are doing their, their best with the information that they have. And when we know better, we do better. And I think that one of the messages that I'd really love to get out there is just have a lot of patience with, um, especially people that are are trying to navigate this and trying to lead through this. They've got 20% of the data points they need to make a decision. And, And they're looking at a wall and there's a bunch of dots on the wall and they're trying to figure out what it is. And they're like... I think it's a cat. Maybe it's a house. And so recognize they're in a real tough position. So our, we had, um, our, um, our governor did a, um, a live yesterday and talking about the changes that we're here in Nevada, talking about the changes and there are more changes to come. And, um, it was amazing to see the backlash of his, of his talk on, again, social media. It's not necessarily the great, the greatest place to see people. Right. Um, positivity shine through. Um, but the backlash was so, so intense. And, and, and man, it's real easy to be the armchair quarterback. It's real easy because he and many other leaders at this time are going, okay, I don't have enough data points, but I still have to make decisions. Nobody's got it easy right now. It's tough. Correct. And again, I think that's, that's businesses or politics. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a key piece right there is just realizing that um, some of the leaders have, they have access to maybe more information than the, the individuals underneath them, but sure. they are still trying to figure out the picture, right? From my toddler before he's told me what it is, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. I, I, I like your analogy with the, 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 the dots on the wall and trying to, you know, know if it's a cat. Is, is they may have a handful of more dots than you do as an individual, mm-hmm. but they still are operating on incomplete data, right? And, and just and one they have of the to make a that, decision off of it. It's, they correct. can't sit like they can't go. Well, let's wait and see how this we, pans out. Correct. We can't right. because it might be too late at that point. They mm-hmm. have to act now to try and prevent it. I mean, and that's one of one of those things that we had tried to use as much as possible in our company before all this happened. And that you, you know, we we definitely recommend um, people do, especially in a crisis like this. And that is that idea of assuming positive intent, mm-hmm. right? If oh, you just go. Good. If you go into every one of these situations, um, and I think it was Brene Brown that, that we got this from, where you just need to go into every situation assuming positive intent, assuming that April, you're making the decisions you're making with the information that you have and using your best judgment at this moment in time. 
And as mm-hmm. long as I am always assuming that you're doing that with that mindset, then I can have a different level of peace with those decisions. And you're going to make wrong decisions. I'm going to make wrong decisions. The politicians are going to make wrong decisions right now because they are in complete pictures. Sure. And so we also need to be very, very careful, I think, to not vilify people for decisions that were made with incomplete data when in some cases, some businesses, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, they had a gun to their head, right? We yeah. were Tony Robbins, you know, fans. And one of the things that he always talks about is if you're trying to improve yourself or you're trying to break a bad habit, what is that one thing you need? You need leverage, <laughs> right? That, and, and the most extreme leverage, so to speak, is, is, is a gun to your head or to a loved one's head. Like yeah. some people are having to make decisions in those kind of scenarios. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to say mine were that serious. I don't know about yours, mm-hmm. but there are people out there that that is where they're at. Yeah. Is that the decisions they're making are life and death, whether it be physically or, or, or a, a comparison to their business mm-hmm. for the long-term you know, existence. And I think that yeah. that's where you've, just, you've got to assume that positive intent and, and you've got to not vilify them if they made a couple wrong steps along the way. Assuming positive intent is a fantastic takeaway from this. And I hadn't thought about that in relation to this, but I think that is such a good point, Armando, because I think there's a lot of people right now that are assuming negative intent, assuming that they're being duped or assuming that there's an agenda and, and, you know, not to say everybody's intent is indeed pure and, um, altruistic, but assuming positive intent, I think would help us so much right now. One thing I want to circle back to a comment you made earlier, and it's actually Mm -hmm. related to um, one of, we've got um, Sandra actually um, from Spain dialing in. Thank you, Sandra. Um, And Raylena as well. Raylena being one of the manufacturers we referenced earlier. Thanks Raylena for joining us. Um, So one thing is you did know early and I want to mm-hmm. talk about that real quick because yes. there are three people that I work closely with that all knew early and two of the, no, three of them are manufacturers. One of them, I remember sitting in a meeting with her, she manufactures out of China and um, we had uh, a private conversation, but in there she, she was saying, no, no, this is really serious. My factory shut down and, and kind of relayed the severity of it then. And she's like, forget, forget the news, forget what's coming out of China. She's like, I, I talk to Chinese every day. That's who Mm -hmm. I do business with. All of our material is manufactured in China. Um, and I see what's happening. So she was the first person to put it on my radar. And since then there was a couple of other manufacturers that said, we saw, we read the tea leaves. Um, again, no misinformation, nothing. We're talking to people on the ground and we see how it's disrupted business and life and all these things. You were one of those people. Mm-hmm. Did you know for the same reason manufacturing may be out of there or having partners out of um, Asia? How did you know so soon? That was one of the first indicators that we got. And so some of our supply chain does come from Asia, um, Europe, the Middle East, et cetera. And so things like lighting and special effects, which we utilize in a lot of our, our products, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that is made in Asia. And we were seeing product that we could normally get turned around in a couple of days to a week, all of a sudden get put on indefinite hold or say, hey, it's going to take three weeks to all of a sudden, you know, those three weeks come up and they're like, it's another three weeks. So mm. that was one of the very first indicators that we got was was that we also have some clients that are located um, and partners that are located with, with clients 
in Asia, in Australia, um, in Europe and whatnot, which all seem to get some of this ahead of where we were. Mm-hmm. And we were seeing that like, hey, they're shutting down things in public, mm-hmm. right? And they're, they're limiting the number of people that can go to a gathering. And we started to also get feedback from some of our clients that are here in the US who have partners and relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I think we're going to have to close, right? Or we want to temporarily postpone this project or pause on this project until we know more about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with some of our trade organization um, that we work with, uh, the mouthful, it's called IAPA, but it's the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, right? So super long. But they even held um, a meeting with the White House that, you know, because they do a lot of lobbying on the behalf of everybody from the individual, you know, bowling facility all the way up to Disney World. And, you know, on, on all the, the safety, the regulations and those kind of things. And so they talked to us mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, be prepared. Right. And wow. because we're going to you're going to be a, an industry that's going to get affected. And. Mm-hmm. You know, as early as two, three weeks ago, I think I mentioned it in one of our, our masterminds, although we've got these stay-at-home orders that are only until, um, you know, the middle of April or even the beginning of April as of when we were talking in March, mm-hmm. I was like, don't be surprised if public venues like that can't open until June, until after mm-hmm. Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but like, mm-hmm. we're having to think through that. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to our industry, the other piece that, that's going to get added onto that is even when they do open up, there's been rumors and rumblings that they're going to have to open up, whether they're a restaurant, a bowling center, a movie theater, at a reduced capacity. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to still practice some sort of a social distancing and spacing within there, spreading the tables out, reducing the amount of you know, chairs and people that can be in those venues, you know, every other bowling lane instead of every bowling lane, every mm-hmm. other seat in a movie theater, those kind of things. And I think they're also going to even affect throughput where there's going to be more stringent cleaning guidelines, both mandated as well as let's call it publicly demanded, right? I think that when you go to an entertainment venue, for example, in the future, the cleanliness is going to become part of the show, Mm. right? Because you're going to want to see, you know, you're going to want to see that they're wiping stuff down. Like when, when you've ever gone to a busy restaurant on a, on a Friday night at six o'clock, seven o'clock, right. And they sometimes take you to a table that they're just busily just bussing off real quick. And you know, it's still a little bit dirty and you're just like, finally, I got to sit down. I've got these kids. I don't care. Like, you're not going to do that anymore. You're like, no, hold on. Why don't you go ahead and just take a little bit longer and clean this appropriately before I sit down with my family. Yeah. Right play that out to the restaurant industry, the, the hospitality industry, the mm-hmm. entertainment industry, you know, when are, when are we going to feel comfortable going to a stadium again? And like, I'm a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan. When am I going to feel comfortable, you know, with my family and are 65,000 people going to be comfortable going in that stadium again? Mm-hmm. I think we'll get there. Like, I don't want to yeah. paint it as a doom and gloom, but I also don't feel like there's going to be this magical light switch yeah. That some people feel like, like, oh my gosh, the state, the, the, the stay at home orders lifted. We can all go out and, 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 you know, dance and hug again. Like it's not going to happen like that. It's yeah. going to be much more like a dimmer switch where it's, mm-hmm. it's going to slowly get turned on over a period of time. 
And then our new normal at the end of that still might be different than what it was in February or March of this year. You know, I love what you said. Uh, thank you. That was great. Um, I love what you said about the cleanliness becomes part of the show. And that's that's an incredibly valid point. Um, I loved when you illustrated the perfect picture of every time we've gone to a restaurant with our two kids. Um, just, just, it's fine. Just let us sit down. It doesn't matter if the table's sticky. We don't care. Um, I think that's a that's a really good point and also something that business owners really do need to hear. So whether that's whether you have an attraction people are going to be sitting in like a, or a stadium where people are sitting in the chairs or even a restaurant, um, make cleanliness part of the show. We'll probably mm-hmm. start hearing marketing messages around, we use a such and such cleaning solution and we wipe down everything. And I remember that happening at just at the beginning at our, at our local gym. So yep. with, before they shut down, they were kind of paring down their hours and they said, hey, well, we close two hours early because we go through and we wipe everything down. And the messaging was already starting to change. And so for the business owners that that's applicable to, think about how your messaging will need to change, how you'll need to talk about, hey, this is our cleaning process or, and that could be even things that are being shipped from Amazon. I mean, there's just so many ways that um, will apply. I want to shift gears real quick and, sure. and thank you, Raylena and Mark um, Kimberly and Jenny, who've all joined us. Um, unfortunately, when you use Zoom integration, it has this annoying habit of lumping people together. So it'll say, and X amount of other people are watching. So whoever those people are, thank you for joining us. And sorry, we can't specifically um, name you, but we care that you're here. Uh, one thing I want to talk about sort of on the um, kind of the leadership end, Armando, is mm-hmm. this is a challenging time you know, people, some people are scared. Some people, this, it's a time of great uncertainty for many. Um, and you and I have talked about this. There, there are people that have a lot of tools in their tool belt to navigate their, this. And for some people, they, they've never navigated anything like this. They've never navigated this um, level of hardship or inconvenience or just strain on them personally or professionally. How are you showing up as a leader in this time? And whether that's for your staff, your community, your family, like how intentional are you about how you're showing up and what does that look like? Um, I think it is incredibly important right now, Um, more important than it ever has been before. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something I was just talking to some of my team members about uh, yesterday even. Um, We have to realize that um, we're all role models we're all being watched. It's not just about what we say. It's about what we do. Um, taking that extra time, especially when everybody is distanced right now and working remote, um, to just send a message, you know, through whatever messaging service your company uses, a video chat, just in, you know, at the end of that meeting, instead of just ending uh, or at the beginning while you're waiting for others to get on, like, ask them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and don't just ask a single basic open-ended, you know, mm-hmm. question like, Oh, how, how you hanging? Like mm-hmm. ask something a little bit more intentional, be, be a little bit more specific. How are you, if you know, they've got kids, how are you handling the e-learning, right? How are you working through that progress? How are you burning up their energy? You know, talk about things like that, that are, that are a little bit more pointed versus just wide open. Like how's the weather today? Mm-hmm. Right. That's a, about as I don't care of a statement as you can make. So try and be a little bit more intentional about it and be a little bit more specific to it. Um, I think one of the other big things that we've tried to do is find ways to um, gather these people who are used to being in office. So we've held a virtual Zoom coffee break for our team the last couple of uh, this last week, a couple of times where we just send out a thing and like, hey, it's a 15 minute break. We're coming on. What are you watching at home? How are you coping? 
you know, what are the projects you're working on since you can't go out? What, you know, what are your hobbies? Those kind of things, just letting them get to see their, their friends, right? Letting them get to see, um, the others and that helps build that rapport and, and keep them connected at a time where they're, they're very much so disconnected. Um, another thing that we did is, so I'm, I'm a big avid reader and I love going to conferences for, for improving myself and trying to improve our team. So we also, um, work with Dave Ramsey in the entree leadership program. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have this thing, um, uh, where it's basically a, re a weekly report tool. And so we just implemented that with our leadership team and we're going to then, you know, test it this week or so with the leadership team. And then it's going to go down to our next tier, um, of leaders, um, that are department heads and, um, the like, and then it's going to go out wide to the rest of our team. And basically, you know, they get asked three questions and it's similar to some of the conversations that we have in our mastermind groups, which I absolutely love. It's just that idea of like, what went right this week? right? What went right? What went wrong? You know, what was your high? What was your low? Uh, and what are some just additional things? And then it also asks, you know, just, Hey, what's your, what's your morale at? What's your workload at? And what's your stress level at? Uh, and they just, you know, they, they click on the little emoji icon. Like when you come out of, um, like a Costco or a bathroom, and it's got the three colored faces, except for it's got five, you know, yeah. and ranging from red to green and shades in between. It's like, Hey, I'm about here. Right. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is just to get a pulse, right? Just to have that little bit of a pulse on what is going on. And this is a tool that I wish I would have been using longer because I've, I've been doing all access with Entree Leadership for the better part of a year now. Because even in the first week of using it with our leadership team, it gave me insight that even with us having pretty consistent and regular communication, I hadn't received yet. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't take but three to five minutes for the for the team member to fill out. They get this message on a Friday. And it's just one more way that they're going to be able to let us know what's going on in their work and personal lives that they feel that we should be aware of. Mm -hmm. Right. And the goal is just to have a little bit more data, as we just talked about. And data mm -hmm. points and information is so important right now. It's just one more data point that we can now make decisions based off of on an individual basis, on a team basis, or on a company basis. And so yeah. finding tools like that, I think are really important. Um, we also, uh, again, I'm a big audible listener because you know, I have about a 40 minute commute back and forth. Uh, and a lot of our team travels, um, as we've talked about. So one of the things that we started to do is opening up our audible account to a wider group um, than what it originally was, where we have already got a hundred different books, mm. right? Ranging for all sorts of different skill sets. Um, and spreading it down to another tier of leadership to be able to have access to that just to improve themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And find ways to get better. Um, because again, when we, when we come out of this, we're not going to be able to immediately go back up to a 77 person company. We mm -hmm. know that we're going to have to stair step our way back up to it mm -hmm. uh, to a certain degree. Now, how fast we can climb those stairs is going to depend on you know, how fast the stay at home orders go away and how fast our clients can open back up, you know, if, and how fast some of the, the funding that is being put into programs actually gets out to people. Sure. We'll, we'll all dictate the speed that we can climb those stairs, but you know, we know that for a period of time, we've got to get stronger, faster, meaner, leaner to be able to survive. Yeah. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing the, uh, the entree leadership um, tool and also mentioning opening up Audible. That's something that I hadn't considered. And that's something you and I share as a uh, voracious reading or perhaps listening to other people read. Um, and I hadn't thought yeah. about that. So yeah, because your Audible account can actually have up to 10 active people listening at one time on an account. Mm-hmm. Now it can get a little bit tricky if two people are trying to listen to the exact same book, mm-hmm. you know, with regards to bookmarks, but it will still allow you to do that. So, but it's just, it's one of those things that's just another, just one more piece that we can provide to our team to, to try and cope with what's going on and better themselves when they've got a little bit of time to do so. Sure. Sure. Um, I love that. And I love uh, also just the, the check-in, making it more in-depth and more intentional than just, hey, how's it going? Because we've been trained that the answer is supposed to be okay or good. Yeah. Or we kind of, you know, and then that's it. That's the end of the conversation is... Um, um, who is it? Chris Hogan called it drive-by leadership, right? You just yeah. kind of like, hey, how's it going? And you're gone. <laughs> and I, I always love that. As soon as he said, don't practice drive-by leadership, I knew exactly what he meant. And I was very aware of that phrase going forward. Um, and asking very specific questions. I love when you said, hey, how's, how are you doing with distance learning? Um, to that, I would have to say, how much time do you got? Because it is a struggle. Um, but asking something very specific, how is, how's your spouse handling it? That's something that has come up on many conversations with, um, with clients and friends. You know, we were talking about business. And then when I say, Hey, how's your partner doing? How's your spouse doing? Um, there usually is this long pause and then like, well, you know, there's a struggle or maybe we've got some issues with anxiety or depression or some bad habits have started to um, come up as they have for many people. And so asking very specific questions about kids, about um, spouses and partners, um, asking about health or are you getting out? Are you getting some sunshine? Are you, you know, people, (laughs) we have quite a few people um, that used to do Orange Theory and you and I have talked about this too. And um, if they're used to doing Orange Theory every morning at 5 a.m. or one of our guys, um, he catches the, the four, I think it's 4 p.m. Orange Theory every day and that's his social yep. hour. He's not catching that anymore. And so when I asked, how's that going? He's like, well, I've just replaced it with eating, <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> which many people have. But yep. just having those kinds of conversations, um, they may not be getting asked that level of in-depth conversations and they may need to hear it. And leadership is going to look like investing in your people a little bit more more right now because there's yeah. a lot that they're managing um, and it's and it's something we've got to be aware of that a conversation that maybe would ordinarily take five minutes may look like 10 or 15 minutes, but it might be the very thing that your team needs. A hundred percent. And I think that the, the point you, you brought up too is, is realizing that although as a leader and as a business owner, you understand how the changes in your business might have affected your team member, mm-hmm. but realizing that they do have a second half. Mm -hmm. right? They do have Mm -hmm. a a wife or a husband and kids potentially at home that are all affected by this. And that, you know, they may still have a job, but their spouse may not, Mm -hmm. right? Or, or they may be furloughed or, um, you know, also even realizing again, that people may not be able when they're, when they're working from home, they may not be able to work your traditional nine to five either. Because they do have to handle the e-learning. They do have to handle, you know, in, in many of our um, team members' homes, both parents are potentially working remote, mm-hmm. right? And so they're having to balance each other's meetings and, hey, I've got this meeting that's important at this schedule and I've got this meeting that's important at this schedule. So in the opposite times, they're having to watch the kids, right? Or yep. get lunch ready or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. and realizing that you need to be flexible, right? Somebody yes. not answering a, a, an instant message 
on Slack or Hangouts or, or Microsoft Teams doesn't necessarily mean that they're not working or that they don't want to answer. They just may have to be dealing with one of those other things. Yes. And yes. so we've got some team members that are starting their work day as early as five or six in the morning mm-hmm. so that then they can deal with the e-learning from nine to 11 or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. take their lunch break, and then they work again in the afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. To still get in the hours that they need to work on and the projects they need to work on, you know, with then flipping their spouse or significant other schedule in there somehow too. It's just realizing that we all need to be flexible yes. at this moment yes. and that it's affecting so much more. And just having those conversations, like you said, like, so how is your spouse dealing with it? Are they having mm-hmm. to work at home too? you know, that just gives you that better understanding of what to deal with, yeah. right? And how you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And that's, that's such a good point because I, I'm part of an organization that is, um, we'll say women in leadership and, um, and it, uh, the, the, the narrative in there is, is um, it's pretty strong of the struggle right now because having to balance business and kiddos at home, and maybe there's a spouse there, maybe there's not, maybe their spouse is an essential worker um, like mm-hmm. mine is. And so, um, and again, just just being honest, I think that really serves us right now. Um, there's a call that I do on Wednesdays um, at 1 p.m. my time, and my husband is at the hospital. And so I just just to be clear, because I had to clarify this for someone, they said, wait a second, you're leaving your kids alone? No, I'm not leaving my kids alone. But I go to my <laughs> home office. And I literally call my mom on Facebook Messenger so she can see my kids. And now I have a six and nine-year-old daughter. And what that means is that sometimes you have to referee sort of like, I mean, it's some pretty intense referee refereeing. So I have her on FaceTime. No, not FaceTime. It's uh, Facebook Messenger. But that they can see grandma and the phone mm-hmm. sits on the counter because nobody can touch it because if someone touches it, then they'll fight over the fact that I can't see grandma. Anyways, yep. so for 60 minutes... She's refereeing them. Hey, girls, what are you doing? Let's and she can see them. And again, I'm just upstairs in the um, the home office. But I mean, we've got to get creative at times like this. And it's hard to focus on the task at hand when you know you have a six and nine year old roaming freely around the house, finding what who knows what. Um, but that but that's real life right now. And I think yeah. that we do ourselves a disservice if we don't talk about that. And just seeing the conversation that I've seen in the, the women in leadership group, um, it's a real shame that people feel like they can't be honest about what that's like. And I know that men and women are feeling it, but that struggle, um, it's, it's very intense. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot to manage um, showing up for your business and whether you're leading that business, whether you're employee of the business, to do that and then e-learning and then just showing up for our kids because they need what they need from us has changed um, for us in the last week. We've noticed a huge difference. We were just having this conversation last night in our household that um, I think our kids felt like they were on spring break before and now they realize it's not just spring break. And again, our kids are a little bit younger. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a whole host of other challenges in teenage years, but they're starting to feel that none of the pools are open. They don't go to jujitsu. They don't go to the trampoline park. They can't see any of their friends. And uh, it, you know, that that's a struggle. So again, how we have to show up for our kids and our family has has changed too. So yeah, you know, I I love that you're saying about the flexibility. Have you how how have you implemented more flexibility with your staff? Just being con- uh, cognizant of the the particular family dynamics, or or that maybe their partner is an essential worker and they're out of the house. Have you had to be flexible in that regard? And what are some of the things you're doing? Yeah, I think for the most part, and and this is just something that we've always done as a company, so it served us well in a time like this, is that 
if if we have to micromanage you, then we've made a poor decision on on who we've brought onto the team in the first place, mm, typically. Um, and so, from our standpoint, uh, they're they're not having to necessarily ask permission, right? It, that and, and that's that's maybe a, a way that people can look at this differently is they should be communicating and letting you know what they're having to deal with. And you should be asking those questions. And it's not about a permission thing. And you need to realize as a leader that you don't really have the right to, I mean, to, to give them that kind of edict right now in the first place, right? You mm-hmm. may need them to work their 40 hours in this week, but you can't edict that it's necessarily going to be this hour to this hour because you can't control all those other things that are going on at home. And if you try and do that, you're setting yourself up for failure and you're setting up your, your teammate for failure. Sure. And so a lot of them, you know, for example, um, we still have some clients that, um, you know, like us, we're able during the stay order to do building maintenance and updates. So we have mm-hmm. a small crew doing some tweaks that we've needed to do for a while. I heard you yesterday use uh, the reference that, that we always feel like we're building the race car while it's going 200 miles an hour down the racetrack. Yes. So we finally have a pit stop. So we're using, a, <laughs> we're, fi- we're using a skeleton crew to do some of the updates we need, change the tires, so to speak. And like they're doing those things. And with our teams that are, are working remote, like there's, we have our clients that are doing that. So like our support mm-hmm. call staff, um, while you know, we still are receiving clients from who are who their facilities are shut down, but they're doing some of the maintenance and some of the repairs and some of the service and support that they needed to do but weren't able to get to. And so they're still working nine to nine, seven days a week, mm-hmm. spread out amongst them from a shift. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like who based on your schedule can work these shifts. And sometimes there's guys that are working like a two to three hour gap here. Then they have a six hour gap. They can't work mm-hmm. and work in another three hour gap on this day or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. to try and accommodate that. Um, our project management team is the same way where um, they have varied you know, numbers of spouses that are central workers, um, you know, that, that have kids and are, are, are in, and family that can't take care of them that used to take care of them and stuff because they're trying to isolate where they're now having to, again, adjust their schedule and they're just communicating within their team. And mm-hmm. when you've created that right culture, what you'll find is that those individual teams, they'll cover for each other, mm-hmm. right? They'll, they'll work out that schedule themselves as long as you give them the freedom to do so. Yeah. Right. And one of those other things that I think it, it was Chris Hogan, you know, used in one of his conferences I saw is you want to give that responsible freedom, right? You want to set up the fence in the backyard and you just want to say, go play. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need to tell them they need, need to play soccer, baseball, basketball on the swing set. You just need to give them the general guidelines of your expectations that you have in your business, just like you would with your kids mm-hmm. and just let your team do what they need to do. Yeah. You don't, yeah. you, you, you want to set that, um, what does, let, let's paint the picture of what does success look like? What does accomplishing your task look like? Mm-hmm. Necessarily how you get there, I, I, I'm not worried about it because yeah. everybody works in different ways. Now, if I see somebody or, or a leadership team, somebody see somebody struggling or doing something in a, a really egregiously inefficient way, mm-hmm. we'll try and offer some tips and guide sure. them down the right path. But for the most part, again, if they're that far off base, we probably made a wrong decision, you know, at some point along those lines. That was a great line when you said, uh, if we have to micromanage my staff, then I made the wrong decision in the hiring process. That's a really, really good point. 
Also, when you said, what does success look like? This is just one, an, another way, Armando, that you and I are twinsies. Because in my emails, um, uh, for any of my staff that's watching, they're going to be laughing. So I'll highlight what needs to be done. And I always write, what does success look like? And I answer that question. So it's, it's funny that you would use that phrase because we use that as a tool for effective delegation. So real quick, talk to us about, so you've shared some resources. There, is there any other resources that you can share um, that are, are helping you? Uh, you know what, real quick, we just got the feed. So um, shout out to Wendy and Debbie and Robin. Thank you so much for, for watching and participating again. I know you guys have been um, avid listeners and watchers. So thank you for that. Um, what is there additional resources you'd share that are helping you guys navigate this time or, or you personally navigate this time? Um, so on, on a personal note, and this is going to sound a little, a little bit dorky. So like I'm not the Netflix guy for the most part or the TV show guy. Like I just play video games. Like, so one of the big things that, that I would recommend for anybody, whether it's a hobby, whether it is a TV show, you know, or, or a video game or whatever, just because we're working at home, just because we're in this time of chaos and uncertainty, doesn't mean you still don't need to take the time to decompress for yourself. Sometimes that is yeah. going out for a run, right? My wife, that's been her thing. Is she's just like, hey, our youngest is down for a nap. The, the older two are going are gonna to play video games for an hour and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And mm -hmm. I'm going to go run, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is one of her releases. Uh, mine is, is sometimes like, Hey, the kids are all up bed at night. I knock out, you know, the things that I need to get knocked out. I'm going to just play a game for an hour or two because while I'm playing that game and, and I like that because it keeps me engaged. So I, my mind can't start spooling up and going down rabbit holes. Yeah. Right. If, if I'm, if I'm watching a show, I'll be reading my email. Like it, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Right. And so I think one of the things that I just recommend everybody do whether it's exercise, learning, other decompression tactics, like th this is a time to not just be, you know, lazy and on the couch. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But you do need to still put your own face mask on first on the airplane so that you're taken care of and your needs. And that's something that I think is, is really easy to lose sight of it at a time like this. Mm -hmm. um, and we really have talked about a lot of the resources. Like I'm just, I'm big on, um, you know, YouTube videos on audible books on just educational pieces. Um, you know, if, if you've got an Android phone, I use the, uh, the Google news app, um, to just, you know, constantly be able to stay up with whatever's going on, um, in the world, uh, you know, subscribing to certain publications that I like, um, and that I feel give, give good neutral, you know, perspectives on things I think mm -hmm. is just another piece. I think that's just something in general that I think society as a whole needs to pay attention to is that try and get your information and your news from as many sources as possible that are trusted sources, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to go down a political path. You know, I'm, I'm much more centered than, than most in, in the world. And I, I, I will have like, it's funny. I got mocked the other day when I was in the office and somebody came in. I'm like, I have both Fox News and CNN both up, right? Like I just have them both on, mm -hmm. right? Because they report the same information differently, sure, right? You sure. know, and so making sure that you're seeing both sides of that coin or, mm -hmm. or going to others that are a little bit more straightforward for your information, I think that it'll, 
it'll calm some of the bias, some of the polarization. Mm -hmm. And that is probably my greatest hope for all of us coming out of this is the realization that, that leading up to every, the crisis that we're in, we had become such a, you know, polarized, everything black and white society, no center, no gray in a lot of areas. And I'm really hopeful that we come out of this realizing that like, we're just humanity, mm -hmm. right? And we need to take care of each other, regardless of what nationality we are, regardless of whether we lean left or right, regardless of, you know, what class, so to speak, that we're in, is that we need to do what's right for society as a whole mm -hmm. for us to come out of this. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the only way we can come out of this and just making sure that you're, you're getting those inputs from, from as many different sources as you can. I think it's a, it's a really good point that this does share, uh, um, highlights our humanity. This is our opportunity if, if we choose to. Um, mm -hmm. it, definitely, it definitely highlights how no one's immune. Um, literally, yeah. it's a novel virus. No one's immune and, um, and that we all have that commonality and this is an opportunity where we can really demonstrate our humanity. So there, there will be people for a variety of reasons that will instead try to highlight our differences, but we have an opportunity to highlight our similarities and our humanity, and there's simple things that we can do um, to do that. Uh, let, let's not make this political. Let, let this be about humanity and how, how we can show up for each other and support each other during this time. I do want to go back to a uh, great, great point, Armando. I do want to go back to something you said earlier that I think sure. is so relevant. You were talking about, hey, so go to the thing that decompresses you, like still put your face mask on. Um, and I just want to highlight something you said. You were talking about, for me, it, it happens to be gaming. For my wife, it happens to be running. I want, I want to point out a distinction here. Armando said decompression, which is different than distraction. Mm -hmm. And I point that out because I think a lot of us are turning towards distraction, right? Whether that's scrolling social media, whether that's watching something mindless on TV. And, and I, I get it. And this is not coming from a place of judgment. Um, it's just a matter of think about when you're done doing that activity, how do you then feel? If you feel decompressed by it, great. You do you. It, it's serving you. But if you just feel distracted during that short period of time and at the end you feel the same, if not worse, maybe that's not the activity that's serving you. So I would really encourage you, like what Armando said, reach for something that decompresses you, not just distracts you. Well, I think it's, it's just like we talked about when we asked the question of, you know, how you doing, that is the distraction version, right? Mm -hmm. That is the, I'm, yeah. I'm not really connected in, in, in whatnot version versus the, you know, how are things going with specifically ABC mm -hmm. that you know is meaningful. That's the intentional version. That's the decompression, right? Sure. Because sure. we do need that. We need that intentional release of the stress of mm -hmm. whatever it is that we're going through between our, our work life, our personal life, our spouse's life. You know, and I think that that's something that you and I talked about a, a little bit ago this morning was Re one of the things that everybody's focusing on right now is the business and the financial outcomes for individuals and companies. Mm -hmm. There's also going to be a mental health component to all of this coming out of this crisis. Mm -hmm. That even those in a stable home after being trapped in that home to a certain degree and isolated to a certain degree are going to have struggles coming out of this. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, 
you look at some of those that are more vulnerable in our society where we already felt like we had some mental health crises going on and that there was this stigma of mental health, you know, we need to be ready that there's going to be a lot of people that need help. And sometimes they just need to talk. Sometimes they're going to need something more professional and we cannot carry that same stigma that we had Mm. about mental health coming out of this crisis as we had going into it. Because a a lot of people are going to need that help right now. That's a good point. And just to tag up on that, you won't necessarily know who those people are. Correct. So that might be the person on Facebook that just posted something that really like fires you up and you're like, why would they say this? And you don't know that that's not that person who's struggling, that that's on the back end of this struggling and that's just how they're releasing it. And um, I would encourage people to, to just have a tremendous amount of compassion and patience during this time because um, Mark said a phrase the other day, uh, Mark Keen, um, where it, I'm going to paraphrase it, but you don't know how much it costs to be that person right now. You don't know mm. the cost that they're paying to be to be them, um, and we've we've got to really just come at people with so much compassion and patience, uh, which really goes back to your earlier point. Um, you know, uh, assuming positive intent, uh, that would really serve us right now. But we just don't know what people are struggling with. We don't know what people, whether it's mental health issues, struggles in their marriage, struggle in their family dynamic. Yeah. Speaking of, I thought I just heard a struggle going up downstairs. So <laughs> I was like, possible. I was like, real time. Something just happened in my house. I hope everyone's okay. Um, I just have to share that that um, Raylena Shirley is on, and she said, "You are a rock star, Armando." So we're just going to call that out because he <laughs> is Raylene, and you actually get to see him um, live and um, and actually uh, actually talking real time. Um, and, and you know, Raylena just talked about uh, being guilty of. Um, of um uh yeah yeah here's the thing guys don't hear that as judgment my goodness we're all just trying to make the right next step the right next move whether we quote frozen or whether we quote there was another book that talked about the same thing whether it's frozen or whether it's the books we're we're doing our best um and we're going to keep changing what our best looks like and our standards will keep adjusting on what that looks like um but just try to reach for something that decompresses you instead of distracts you um so armando we talked about the things some of the things that you're doing is Mm -hmm. there anything i don't want to be cognizant of our time because um fine of course, we, we ran over. That's so weird of us. Um, yeah, we would never keep talking. We would never do that. <laughs> um, it, it's tough because I was like, oh, that's a good point, Armando. I want to jump in. I want to, anyways, um, this is what we do. But what are you, is there something you're staying away from? Is there a habit that you're not doing right now um, because it's not serving you in this period? Ooh, that is a good one. Um, I'd say one, one bad habit that I've, I've picked back up um, let's say that I've not said no to, uh, is I was, I was on a bulletproof diet and it served me very well for a while. Um, it's, it's been a little bit more difficult. I've definitely with some of the stress, uh, been caught, uh, stress eating. That's mm-hmm. definitely one of my vices, yeah. uh, for sure. From that standpoint, um, I have tried to be pretty good about saying no for me personally from staying, saying no to binge watching a show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple that have been 
uh, recommended to me. And, and I normally save those for when I'm traveling. So that's normally my binge watching. Like you're I not swear, watching I, Tiger King. What? Well, no, it's funny. I judged my wife for watching Tiger King, um, <laughs> a little bit. And then How's I watched it and I was like, it's a, it's a, it didn't serve me well because it was a train wreck and I got caught in it for, for a period of time as well. Uh, and then I'll, I'll have to share with you one of our, um, our VP of sales decided to make light of this weekend. And so he spent the whole weekend, uh, posing in different Tiger King poses with stuffed tiger animals, uh, his nine mil and his wife's left leopard prints, uh, outfits and sparkly outfits, because why not? Cause that, that's what it's just, we're trying like, we get a little bit of a leash because we're a creative fun company, mm-hmm. but like reality is like, we all need some of those releases. Right. And mm-hmm. he was doing it for not only his own, um, you know, amusement, but also for that of others, just to give them something to look forward to. If you throughout could share those photos, we I will also share enjoy them. in that amusement. That would be, I great. will, I will <laughs> definitely make sure to sure to do that. But like normally that's, that's, um, for whatever reason, I get motion sick when I try and read while traveling. So that's normally my binge mm-hmm. is when, you know, I'm stuck in an airplane for, for four hours. That's when I'll watch three or four episodes of a, of a show. Sure. And so I've not had that. And I've, mm-hmm. I've so far been able to say no to losing myself to three, four hours of, of watching like the Ozarks um, yeah. or Lock and Key or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to know. I love it. So um, in that kind of same vein as what your VP of sales did, um, I saw a photo um, floating around. I don't know if there's any Rocky Horror Picture Show fans listening. This might be dating me, but someone had dressed up like Frankenfurter, which um, is essentially a, a man with a black wig that's wearing garters the whole get up and he is mowing the lawn in the backyard, mm. but lots of people can see it. I, I don't know if lots of people can see it or as fo- just people taking photos, but it was hilarious. And I just want to say, I would love if someone in Reno, Nevada would do that because it was, a, it's a, it adds some levity, right? Of Correct. course, for all the people that don't know that movie, they're like, why is, why is Steve out in his, <laughs> a gar, is that a garter he's wearing? Yeah. Anyways. Um, but just adding some levity like that, or even we talked about this, um, yesterday, um, we've been going around with the kids and, and using sidewalk chalk and writing on the sidewalks of all their friends in the neighborhood. And just, and we did it with the grandparents too. And, you know, writing inspirational messages and drawing flowers, things like that. It's good for the kids. Um, it also gets them to be involved with it, but yeah. also the people that get to come out of their house and see a garden drawn on their, um, on their, uh, their driveway, on the driveway and their sidewalk. Yeah. It matters to them. It really does. So sometimes it's just those little things that you can do that have really brightened someone's day. Because again, to Mark's point, you just don't know what it costs to be that person today. And yeah. if you can show up and do something like that, it makes, man, it can make such a difference. It really can. I think that that's, that's a great point. It's something that, you know, we've been doing around our neighborhood is just getting a chance to get out and walk and seeing mm-hmm. the other kids, you know, do their sidewalk chalk and leave messages out. You know, there's already, there were happy Easter messages that were out today yeah. and a couple happy Passover messages that were out today as we walked through our neighborhood. Right. And just realizing that, you know, there's a lot of people that right now with the holidays that are upon us with a lot of spring birthdays that are upon us, Mm-hmm. that they're used to celebrating yeah. with their friends and family right now and they're not yeah. able to, mm-hmm. right? And yes. so just providing those moments of, like you said, levity or my wife's birthday was a week ago. And so um, she's in a mom's club 
and the mom's club, you know, I w- was setting up this, basically they all parked out in front and, you know, put like, um, before they had me bring her outside, they put like different presents around the yard, which are bottles of wine, of course. Um, <laughs> and you know, they did this whole celebration for, her because they couldn't go and celebrate. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be a part of that. They knew she was isolated. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all still safe at a distance, but it was still trying to find those moments to connect. Right. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of ways to still do that today, mm-hmm. even with the distancing that we have. And I think that yeah. that levity and that connection is what is going to bring society and humanity out of this on the other side, for sure. It really does. We had a game, it's called Table Topics. We ordered it off of Amazon. And it's just a card game where it asks like a question, like, I'm oversimplifying it, but like, if you could be a superhero, who would you pick and why? It was just questions like that. So we've been doing that game on Zoom calls with with grown with adults, and it and it's fun. You know, we all get together after dinner. It's like six thirty, seven o'clock, and there's Zoom with eight, ten people on there, and we ask the question, and then everybody goes around and does their answer. And it's been it's a simple game that you can play, but just having that connection, people, people need it right now. It, yeah. um, there's that meme that's going around like introverts check on your extroverted friends and it has like the extrovert pulling on the door and truth be told, I am said extrovert. Like I'm incredibly extroverted, incredibly gregarious, um, also a big time traveler. So all of these things are a struggle with, with how I usually show up in the world. And so it's been fun for my introverted friends. They're like, oh, I've just been having this great time, but I think about people like you and you guys must be struggling. Um, again, just reaching out to people and showing up to people however however is possible. Um, is just so important in this time. Do you have, um, I would love for you to share, uh, oh, let me just say, Chris, thanks for joining us. And Ashley, thanks for joining us as well. Um, and I love seeing Jenny's name pop up. Jenny, I need to see your name pop up way more because I miss your face. Um, so thanks for, for hopping on and Mark as well. Um, what words of encouragement do you have either for, for business owners or even for people in general? So words of advice, words of encouragement during this time. Um, I think that the the biggest words of, of advice or encouragement that I can offer is just simply that um, realize that this this too shall pass, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, we will get through it. We don't know when, it, but it will happen, right? It's not a matter of if, it's, a, it's just a matter of when. And um, I think the biggest thing that from a, from a business owner standpoint is just be ready to pivot, right? Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and throw the, the, the connection to your, your podcast out there, it's, right? It's trademarked. I'm just kidding. Perfect. <laughs> but you've got to be ready to pivot right now. Yeah, this is the time. Your, your product, your service, regardless of what it is, is going to have something different about it mm-hmm. coming out of this crisis. Mm-hmm. There's very few products or services that will be exactly as they were Mm-hmm. on March 1st of 2020 as they will be May 1st of 2020. Totally. And so you need to find where are those differences within your market? Where are those mm-hmm. new opportunities, new verticals to go into? Um, mm-hmm. Where are those ways that you can provide a different level of value mm-hmm. than the others around you that will set you apart? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, for us right now, one of the things that we've done is we realize that traditional sales and marketing right now will be completely tone deaf. Sure. So we're hosting 
you know, we're hosting a website specific to our industry with an assorted assortment of resources that different entertainment operators can go to at that amusementrecovery.com mm-hmm. and they can get information on the different loans that are out there. They can get linked to articles that are industry specific of things that they can be doing to prepare for when they can open back up, mm-hmm. different ways that they can, you know, package things. Um, we're hosting uh, a weekly kind of mastermind call with our different manufacturer and vendor partners mm-hmm. um, within our industry that supply complementary and cousin and sister products to what we do on a weekly basis. And in, in finding groups like that where you can talk about the mutual struggles, the mutual wins, the mutual strategy, the information that you're all hearing from your different clients and shared clients, mm-hmm. so that again, Find as many data points as you possibly can so that you can make those accurate decisions and look to leverage that into better relationships with some of your partners and vendors and clients as well. Like that's a big positive right now is get, make sure, and we always prided ourselves to not be transactional with our Mm -hmm. clients and to be much more of the, the partner and even almost the Sherpa, so to speak taking them through the process to get them open to get them to be successful. Gamble, like, maybe. Yeah, you, exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Right? I mean, or Gollum, Gollum and Precious with Mark Keen oh, that's um, right. from the other day. Right. It comes so, back like, again. <laughs> it, it will, he will forever be my precious. Sorry, but from, from that standpoint, right. Find a way to connect on a different level, to provide mm-hmm. value on a different level, to make sure that you're not just, another person calling them for their money, mm-hmm. right? Find a way to help them and to support them and to be a real partner. Yeah. And that is going to set you up coming out of this to be much stronger than you were going into it. I think that's a, such a good point, Armando, because it comes back to communication. And previously we we're talking about communication with our staff, but communication with clients and partners. Because um, to uh, one of our earlier interviews, Jackie Munoz, she owns an insurance company out of Calgary. She said, make sure you're talking because everybody's listening. Yeah. I thought that was such a good point because not only is everybody listening and you should be communicating with them um, to, y- y- you know, people are listening, definitely communicate to them. Um, but you know, even communicating, because I hear this from some business owners, they're like, we're not sure what to communicate. Um, it, it can be just, hey, we're here. We're going to get through this together. We're all getting to the other side of it. It could be something like that. Uh, one of our earlier interviews, um, Baba Jiday, um, founder and uh, CFO, CTO, excuse me, of Makers Valley, he had said, you know, they run, he's in Italy and they have manufacturing plants in Italy. They're all shut down. His entire business is based off of this, right? And so he said, we're constantly getting video messages from the staff of the factory saying, hey, we're still here. We're ready. Like we're all ready and teed up. And the second we get the go ahead, we're jumping in. And this is amidst like, um, I don't want to say pandemonium, but some pretty intense situations that were happening in Italy. This was, I don't know, probably about two and a half weeks ago now. I mean, they were in the thick of it. And yet people are thinking, I want to still communicate. We're still here. The factory will still open back up again. We were hands at the ready. We're ready to go um, as soon as that happens. So communicating um, now is really, really key. Um, And also people will remember who communicated with them. People will remember who they felt like they locked arms with during this time and relationships will be forged. I mean, they will be set in stone 
in times like this. And, and the reverse can be true too. So that's why yep. we really want to communicate um, proactively with, with clients and with partners. Hey, we're here. We're getting through this together because that's what we, that's what we all need to hear right now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to your point is making sure that that communication is clear, that you're doing so with a good message and that you're doing so intentionally. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's, it's so important and that will solidify mm-hmm. and, and make permanent many relationships for the years to come. Mm-hmm. But if you do communicate in a tone deaf manner and you do communicate out of touch with what's going on, yes, you can also break those relationships sure. because you don't know the price that that individual or that p- business is paying. And so like you mentioned earlier, like, so if you're communicating in a manner that is me first, Mm-hmm. As a business owner, you've already you, you've already lost, yeah, and you're going to sure. lose far more down downstream. You need to communicate in a you first manner. You being your clients and your partners. For How sure. do I help you in this time? How do I be ready for you when you're ready to come out of this? How do you come out of this in ways that has nothing to do with us as a company? Yeah, right. Like it's yeah. there. The, you know the the website, for example, that we put up. Like it, there's. There's nothing about sales on there. There's no branding on there. There's nothing that says, come buy something from Creative Works or any mm-hmm. of the other 30 companies that contributed with this from our partner group. It is all about how do you help sure. or how do you get help? How do you open back up? How do you get ready for the new normal once Perfect. that new normal is ready? And how do you survive you yeah. know, until then? You know, some companies are going to be able to turtle up, so to speak, and just weather the storm and others aren't, you know, I think that that's, that's a new normal that society hasn't yet pondered is there is going to be a number of businesses that will not make it out of this. Right. And you're not going to necessarily be able to just go to the same favorite restaurant you might've gone to as a family a month ago, Mm -hmm. right. Or the same entertainment venue or the same theater or whatnot, because some of those venues will not have been property properly set up to survive something like this. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just society and our norm is going to be different in making sure that you're doing everything you can as a business to bring some of that normalcy as well as to be prepared for the new normal, I think is important as a business, regardless yeah. of whatever industry you're in right now. And to still stay relevant with these times. So whether that's adjusting your marketing message so you're not tone deaf, whether that's providing resources, um, communicating, communicating judiciously, but communicating, um, letting people know what they need to hear right now, um, it's huge. So so stay relevant, continue to pivot your business, um, and don't look longingly at the door that closed um, because we can't door closed um, for many, and not all because we've had people on here that we had a um, an aviation manufacturer out of Canada, a client of mine, um, great guy, um, Peter Breer, and his business is incredibly busy because the Canadian government has asked him to uh, manufacture sneeze guards. So he is just rocking and rolling. Well, his wife is a, um, I believe it's an optometrist, completely shut down you know, yep. one business is now at, you know, completely shut down and then the other one is booming. So everybody's in a little bit of a different situation. But um, but if, if a door has shut, whether that's revenue, whether that's clients, whether that's a, a, a strain, you know, that there's some compression in your industry, quickly look for a window that can be open. And it may not be obvious, but don't spend a lot of time looking at that door that's shut. If you can't change the outcome, 
don't set, don't keep focusing on that. Don't spend time thinking, oh man, the good old days, the good old days were 30 days ago. We got to quickly look for the windows. <laughs> how, how crazy is that to say yeah. that? But you're, you're true. Like the good old days, the glory days, literally like normally things like this take months to years to have a shift that we've literally had in the manner of weeks. It's true. <laughs> remember the, remember when we were all living high on the hog in March? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Back in February, that was, that was the sweet days. I mean, that's exactly, I mean, my wife and I, we were fortunate enough back in the beginning of February, we went to Disney with our young kids. Yeah. Right. Couldn't fathom that right now. Mm-mm. It would be irresponsible. Right. Between the travel and the time being there. And it's not to say that we weren't still the normal parents that like, hey, we're at Disney. There's thousands of people here. Let's still clean our hands. You know, Logan, don't lick that hand railing again. You know, all the stuff that typically happens. (laughs) You always do it once, not twice. (laughs) Right. Cut you off. (laughs) But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, that seems so long ago. Right. And it hasn't even been two months. And it, it floors you. You know, I'm having a conversation, a conversation with my six-year-old yesterday, and it was around two things at bedtime. One was, um, which actually makes me kind of sad to think about. She's like, mom, when can we go to Disneyland? And again, she's, she's six, so she doesn't get everything and she shouldn't get everything that's going on. I mean, right. she, you know, has definitely heard the conversations. We've had plenty of conversations around it, but she doesn't get the, the um, severity of it. And so one was, hey, mom, when can we go to Disneyland? I really, really want to go because, you know, her, her friend at school, um, Kinley or, uh, you know, someone else in the first grade also has gone to Disneyland and she wants to go too. So there's that. And then the second one was, um, will the Easter Bunny still come even with Corona? And it was, mm. ki- was kind of, yeah, that, that cut a little deep. And I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't transmit to rabbits. You're good. Um, now it's, um, and I assured her that yes, Easter bunnies still come even with the, with the coronavirus or COVID-19 as it's now called. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's surreal it, when you get that kind of a question, right. From the mouth right? of babes, I know, right. It's, it it's just you. like, you know, is, is the Easter bunny going to still come? Right. Or, yeah. you know, my kid was just, you know, he's already asking about Christmas. Right. And one of them's got a birthday in June. He's like, Oh, I can't wait. I want to do this for my birthday. And we're like, don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, I'm not going to crush your world right now, but we're already trying (laughs) to. But I am going to crush it at some point. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have to set the expectation that all your friends are not going to be able to come over. Right. And he's five and he doesn't get it. Uh, Like they they understand the idea of it because they, they even talked about a little bit in school sent home for e-learning, but they don't understand the full gravity of what it means yet. They don't. They and don't. and that's the part that is going to be the unknown. I know our, our six year old. She's turning seven in May, and uh, she wants to have it at a trampoline park. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, that's uh, that's not going to happen. And same thing, we're not going to cry. We're like, well, we're going to have to wait and see what's happening. Um, but it's it's coming up in in about a month's time. And no, yep. like that's our industry, right? And, and yeah. that reaction is the same thing. Like we we know that there is going to have to be this movement where, like I said, like for something like that, the cleanliness is going to have to become part of the show. Sure, sure. right? Because you, as the mom, ha- are are making eighty percent of the purchasing and event decisions for a family, mm. and so you are the target of who needs to be talked to about. Yeah. Are you going to now feel comfortable having your child's birthday party out in a venue like that again? And when are you going to be comfortable with that? Yeah. Right. A month from now is probably going to be a little bit too early for you. For, sure. It sounds like, right? Sure. What if it was in September? 
Yeah. It's hard to know, right? And that's the part that we just don't know in our industry. We don't know if it's a cat or a house still. Again, there'll be more data points at that point. And and I think uh, that's a a really, really good point. So um, as we navigate our kid's birthday, it's going to be interesting. Um, Armando, you have added so much value to us and so much insight. How do we, and I thank thank you for that. I had so many notes that I wrote down um, some really fantastic points. Um, How do we, how do we support you during this time? How do we, how do we give back to you right now? Um, you know, for, for us individually, I mean, because we are a B2B business, there's, there's not a, a large, you know, way that an individual will contribute to us directly. I think sure. the biggest thing that, that I would ask for anybody out there is, um, you know, be safe right now while we need to be safe. Um, once we understand what the new normal is, you know, don't be afraid to return to your new normal, right? Don't be afraid to eventually have that birthday party back out at a, a at an entertainment venue to travel again, to go to a Disney or wherever you might have wanted to go beforehand. Mm-hmm. We'll eventually get back there yeah. and, you know, know that, that we will get through this. And I think that that's just the biggest thing from, from that standpoint that I can ask for anybody right now is, because we all need the escape. We all need the place to celebrate, right? My wife, for mm-hmm. example, you know, she's got literally a, a hash mark on my whiteboard in my office. We talked about this the other day and I'm, I'm staring at 22 days now where she's hash marking like she's in a, you know, isolated, solitary confinement prison. She's not scraping <laughs> in the wall yet. So you're <laughs> doing <yet>. good still. <laughs> you know, once the whiteboard gets full, we might get there. It might just start <laughs> continuing down the wall. Um, but Do you guys have you like know, a soccer ball that she could name Wilson. We, you know, we probably could. I've got a, I've okay. got a couple kids that might decorate it for as well. Um, but you know, once we get out of that isolation, we, which we eventually will is just, mm-hmm. again, seeking out those opportunities to escape, mm-hmm. to celebrate, you know, where you, where you were before, because we'll eventually be, be safe to do it again. That's a good point. That's a good reminder. Yeah, we get past this. This isn't the whole book. It's just a chapter. We get past this. And at some point, our kids are having birthdays at the trampoline park again. And everybody's able to connect in the way that they used to. And it'll be a new normal, but we, we, this, this season does come to an end. It doesn't last yes. forever. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Armando. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for, you know, just hosting the... Uh, a platform like this for, for others to, to kind of talk and learn from. Absolutely. Um, it's our pleasure. I mean, it's, it's the least we can do to show up and kind of if, if a resource is shared or some insight is provided and it makes someone's, someone else's path a little bit easier or an, an idea that they hadn't considered, it's all worth it. No, very much so. Very much so. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.